Welcome to Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch, where we talk about all things mental health. Today, I'm very excited to have on Lizzie Osaronsky, who is a psychotherapist and coach and certified Daring Way and Rising Strong facilitator and case consultant. Lizzie translated the Daring Greatly and Rising Strong curricula into Spanish and Hebrew. She leads parenting and Daring Greatly workshops in Denver, Colorado, and also travels internationally, facilitating these workshops and empowering women around the world. Welcome, Lizzie. Thank you. So um, I want to share with people how we even met each other and um, kind of start from there. So we were both brought together by Tiffany Dufu's The Crew, mm-hmm. and we were in a crew together. And it felt like from my memory at that time, which was a little over a year ago, you were relatively new to Denver and figuring out what you wanted to do professionally. And so throughout that process, you had shared that you translated Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. And so that was, you know, something you had mentioned, but we've actually never really talked about. So I'm curious about that story, as well as your own personal story and your travels and how you got here to Denver. So can you just introduce yourself to people. Yes. So thank you for having me. My name is Licio Seransky. I was born in Mexico and grew up there in the Jewish community. When I was 18, I left Mexico following my heart and my uh, high school sweetheart, moved to Israel, uh, went to the university there, have a bachelor's degree in special education, master's degree in counseling. And uh, got married there, have my firstborn, and we had an opportunity to move to California to represent an Israeli company in the United States. And we love it there. So we lived there for a few years. Then we moved back to Israel, have our second daughter, and then moved back to California where I became a coach. I worked for seven and a half years in a nonprofit organization And I realized that something was missing in my professional career. So I became a coach, lived there for 16 years. And two years ago, we decided that it was a good time for us to move before our daughter moves to high school and look for a new place where we can feel at home. So we explore possibilities. We came to Denver. We fell in love with the people and we moved. Uh, almost two years ago. So throughout that whole story, how did you get connected with either Brene Brown or those people to start translating her daring greatly? Mm, It's a process. When I was uh, in California, Brene came to a high school and I was invited by a friend. And while sitting in the auditorium, that was a huge auditorium, and Brene was speaking to all of us, it was like if we, and when I say we, is me and her, we were in a bubble. And she was looking at me and speaking to me and talking about all this amazing research that she has done. She spoke about courage and about showing up and allowing ourselves to be who we really are. And, you know, through my life, I have been living that way, but small. I never fully allow myself to be who I am, who I 
I am, I was. So she was speaking and I was like, she's talking to me and she's inviting me to be part of her movement and I want to be with her. So I follow her for many, many, many months until I realized that she opened her program, the Daring Greatly program to coaches. And I apply. And it was the first time I applied without asking for help from my husband, from my friends. I just applied and I got accepted. So I flew for the first time. I left my home uh, and I flew to San Antonio and I, I did the training. And while doing the training, something magical happened in me. So I heard all these voices that were keeping me small in the training. And I said, enough. You know, this is not going to be me after I come back home. And I called my husband and I said, I'm quitting my job. I'm not happy. I'm going to quit my job. This is not for me. I'm listening to a voice that I assume was my father telling me you cannot quit your job until you have another job, until you have an income because you're irresponsible. And he said, you want to quit your job? Go for it. And I arrived to California on S Sunday and on Monday I gave my, I resigned. Wow. And it was like forever a life-changing experience. So when I came back home and I started, you know, listening to my inner dialogue before and after, I said, I have a gift and I speak two languages beside English. Why don't I share this with my community, right? So I called Brenes office and I said, listen, I just came from the training and this is something that I have in my heart. I feel in my tummy that we need to spread the world around the world. And he said, okay, let me talk to Brennan. I will call you back. And he gave me the, the green light and I automatically started translating that from, from my heart. You know, it wasn't even that you, there are a lot of really hard concepts because Brené uses a lot of metaphor and her language is very particular and her sense of humor is amazing. So how can you translate that, right? So I needed to make it Brené's work in connection with what I know about the Israeli culture and the Latino community. So it was an amazing process. So that, so you weren't translating her book, you were translating her curriculum. Is the that curriculums. right? Curriculums. Oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so, and this isn't something that they had thought to do before. Like, did you bring the idea to them? I never asked if mm -hmm. that was my idea or not. It was from my heart. I needed permission, Yeah, you know, to do that legally and honoring her research. And had you ever done anything like that before? No, no, no. And it just, did it flow out of you? It was from my heart. And you know, because I love this work so much, people around me starting hearing Lizzie quit her job. And so many people wanted my job because I really was blessed to have the job that I, I had. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, I don't never looked back. I never looked back. I was, I am fully committed to this work. I have been integrating other researchers and other books that I am passionate. You know, the, um, I'm really curious and I love learning. So I've been creating a bigger program for my community based on what I know that we need to work on with them. Right. And it's very different when I work with the American community and with the Latino community and with the Israeli community, because we deal with different things 
in a different way. Yeah. So tell me, tell people and tell me, what is Daring Greatly? What is this program and curriculum? What are you teaching and what, what can you teach us in even just a few minutes? Yeah. So as I said before, you know, we all grow up in families and communities that send us directly or indirectly messages about what will make us worthy. What will make you have a value, right? And we live today in, in the world that we all, we watch what she's doing, what she's doing, what you're doing, you know, and we feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. In the Daring Greatly, what we do is we really help people to connect with their essence, with how do they want to live the life and they don't allow themselves to do that because of these messages and expectations that they grew up hearing. So you will be worthy when you lose 50 pounds. You will be worthy when your son is accepted to Stanford, when you, when your partner gets, uh, you know, sells his startup company, when you drive this car, when you dress like that, when you speak like that. And because of those messages, we shrink and we are afraid to show our authentic self. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was magical for me because I never thought that I was living a, a small life. You know, I left Mexico. I succeed in Israel. That's not small life. But inside me, I never spoke my truth as I did after I left that training because I was able to connect with my inner dialogue. I was able to say those are messages that are not serving me anymore. So I was invited to into an arena, a new arena that was taking out my armor, looking at myself, looking at my support system, recognizing who are those people that will love me no matter what, you know, because there is one guarantee, as Brené says, you will fall. Mm -hmm. You enter the arena, you will fall. The question is when. And when you're face down in the arena, who are going to be there with you, supporting you to get up? So when you allow people to take out their armor, to listen to their inner dialogue, to recognize who are the people that will support them, who are the people that criticize them, and, and it's very convenient for them so they stay small, how they can take out these inner dialogues and really allow themselves to show up, be seen and live brave, people, it's like you rebirth, right? You create a new reality for, for you. And when I created this reality for me, my family changed, my relationship changed, my approach to life, to what it's available for me, shifted 1000%. And that was amazing. So that's the invitation, right? You come to the workshop, you commit to allow yourself. It's your gift. It's your opportunity to connect with those voices and tell them you're part of my story because we don't, den we don't deny our story. We embrace everything and love ourselves while doing that. But we show up loving ourselves for who we really are. Then when you do that and you fall, because you will, we go through the rising storm process. That is, what do you do when you enter the arena, when you dare greatly, but you fail? So how you get up after that? How after you quit your job 
and you are in this place that you need to look for clients, you need to understand how you open your private practice, you need to make a business plan, you need to make a, even the the card, you are, right? The business card. What do you write there? How you present yourself to the world? Nobody tells you, right? And if you have all these voices that are telling, oh, you, you think you're too much? Oh, what if I say I have this background and this background and, and I speak languages and, you know, I have all this to give you? Usually we don't do that. We are not taught to do that. We are taught to, okay, yeah, nice to meet you. My name is Lizzie. You know, you, we hide because it's, it's, too big if we shine. So we will help the people to shine and manifest their, their best selves. And are you teaching this to other coaches or directly to just people, anybody who wants to enter into this arena? So I was invited to be part of the case consultation for Brené and I facilitated four national trainings in the last two years mm -hmm. uh, for professionals. That means, you know, nurses and coaches and leadership. And well, now they have another program for leadership, but in the first time it wasn't yet available. Uh, and um, you have social workers and, and therapists and every profession that has a board can come and become certified. So I did four trainings like that. Mostly, most of my job has been with people that want to become uh, the best, the best version of themselves. And it's people, you know, again, I have done that with the Latino community, with the Israeli community, with the American community, with parents that want to, you know, when I tell you that my parenting became better, it did because I was much more aware of the way that I speak to myself in front of my kids. So talk about that because there is a um, wholehearted parenting component or program, right? Yes. So I, I don't know anything about this. So I'm very curious to find out how, what is this program and how can we learn from that? Well, so there is an amazing parenting manifesto that Brené created uh, that I will recommend and I encourage all my clients to do that, you know, to have a parenting manifesto or a, or a family manifesto at home in which you put the things that are important for your family to honor. So that is, I started from the end. For the beginning, for me, the wholehearted parenting journey started when I learned that by me living authentically, without the fear of not being enough, but believing that I am enough, no matter what, with my flaws, with my beautiful characteristic, with my fears, with my failures, with my insecurities, I am enough. So I can teach my kids that they are enough, no matter what. Now, what happens is that I needed to be aware because of my background that I have so many, so many messages that I will be worthy or I will be enough if I do this. That's the way that I grew up. I wanted to change that for my kids. I wanted to change the fact that they can be who they really are. They are loved and they belong in my family because of who they are. Of course, we have boundaries. Of course, we have a manifesto that we honor. But my kids, for me, that was very important that they can show up 
and be who they are without the fear that they can disappoint me. So what can you, can you, um, bring to light an example of what you may have said or done before this wholehearted parenting and this enlightenment, I think that you went through, what, what, what would that have looked like before? And then now after. Yeah. So one example is the way that I talk to myself and the way that I will talk to them. An example will be, I, I loved cooking, right? So my daughter or my son will join me and if they make a mess, okay, let's say I'm, I'm drinking this cup and I am my daughter and she spilled the cup. So I will be Maya, nothing happened. It's okay. Let's clean that up. Let everything. It's okay. Change your pajama, come back to the table and we will continue eating. Beautiful. But when I was cleaning up the table, the pasta uh, spoon flew out of my hand. And what I will say out loud is like, of course, that happens to you. You so clumsy. You know, you don't know how to clean the table without making any, any mess. Usually, they will be looking at me in the back, listening that what I'm saying to them that was a mistake for them It's very kind, generous, and accepting. And when it's me, that same accident is not okay. Mm. Okay. Or if I looking at myself in the mirror and I'm saying, oh, you look like so fat and look at the wrinkle and look at this. And then she comes to me and she says, mom, look, I have a little bit more fat or I feel insecure. And I said, no, Maya, you're so beautiful. What is the message? Yes. Where is all the time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was a big uh aha. So we don't name call ourselves. No, I'm not a fat and I'm not a cow. I am a human being that can work on her physical appearance if I want. That's not the most important value. And I can exercise more and I can do things different. I will try very much with a lot of awareness not to call myself names. Zero name calling at home. That's a great example. I see, I do see that all the time where women, particularly women are very tough on themselves and then their children walk in the room and they say, no, but, but you're perfect just the way you are. And just walk in with confidence, knowing that they lack confidence. They don't feel good in their own skin. And so I I do find that disconnect really interesting. So what you're saying is it, it first and foremost sounds like awareness, just the awareness of what is your self-talk and then accepting yourself, loving yourself. How do you get to that point where you don't have that negative self-talk? Well, I will have the negative self-talk, but I will be mindful that it's part of my humanness. So today I understand that there is not such a thing perfection. I am a perfectionist in recovery, but I used to be very, very much true perfectionism. So today I will make a really, really uh, effort, very, very strong effort to say, okay, the pen is like this when I want it to be straight and I will leave it the way it was. I will not come back and check the house many, many times before I have a guest, I will try to be much more relaxed and accept that my house is a house when people leave. It's not a museum where people visit, right? So it's a shift of, of mindset, really. It's having a growth mindset and understanding that my humanness is what makes me beautiful. So for example, I will send my daughter to school 
And I always said, Maya, carry your capital C on your forehead. She will look at me like this in the beginning and I'll say, you walk with confidence because who you are is beautiful as it is. You know, she's in high school, mm -hmm. very tough age. And, you know, sometimes she sends me the messages in the middle of the day. And she said, the capital C in my forehead has been so helpful today. Aww. You know, so we have all these letters that we will carry with us that I never had the chance, the chance to carry with me when I was growing up. So when I am in a, in a, in a exper new experience like this, I will really have a self conversation in my heart and say, Lizzie, carry your capital C in your forehead or in your heart. And that has, has been amazing because it allows us to connect with the emotion, you know, the fear that she's feeling and then remembering that there is something in my head that I can use to feel better. So she can be gossip and he can be putting me down, but I am enough because of who I am. And right. I think that's beautiful. Right. Right. So when you're interestingly thinking about raising kids who are courageous and are compassionate, it's, it's, um, it's very interesting because I talk about this all the time in my private practice, but it starts with you. It starts with the parent. If you want to raise courageous children, compassionate children, you have to be compassionate to yourself. You have to practice courageousness, bravery yourself, right? That's your message. Yes. You know, when I quit my job, my husband quit his job at the same time. It happens. Life happens. And my son is in college and he came to visit and he said, you both did something so courageous at the same time that today I am confident that we can do everything because you look much more happier. You're doing the work that you like, you know, even if you're working very hard, you look happy. That for me was like, okay, <sighs> you mm -hmm. know, I show them that when you're not happy, you don't need to stay and, and be fearful because of the possibility that it will not go the way you want. And if it will not go the way you want, you have your family. That support system that in the arena will pick you up and support you. Yes. So one tidbit I want to end with, I'm, I'm totally enthralled in everything that you're saying is sometimes when people hear these kinds of examples, there'll be people that'll say, I don't have the luxury of quitting the job that I'm miserable in. Mm. I don't have the luxury of my husband saying, sure, you can quit your job, quit your job. What do you say for those people who may not feel the courageousness or the freedom on that bigger level? What are other things that they could do? For me, it will be connect to your heart more than all the thoughts. What kept me in my job stock, it wasn't the reality. It was my thought. Those were thoughts that kept me small and stuck. When I connected to my heart, I knew that even if I need to go and clean houses, as I did as a student, mm -hmm. I will do it to fulfill that dream of mine that was living out. I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I will love cooking for someone. I will love cleaning houses than staying where I was. So connect to your heart. You will find the answer. Gotcha. Look at your support system. Reach out for help.
do you have tips on reaching out for help? Because I find so many people have a hard time either creating a support system, fueling their support system or asking them for help. Mm -hmm. So for me, one of the things that I learned through the Daring Greatly is to recognize who are your marble jar friends, those friends that are in that jar that doesn't have to be thousands and hundreds. If you have one, that person that you can show up and be who you are and you value that, you are millionaire. Mm -hmm. And how do I do that is understanding that maybe I would like you to love me in a certain way, but you can love me in your own way. So accepting the way that you have to offer your love to me, that it's a lot. Learning to accept that love has many, many, many ways of manifesting. And then I can learn to, to enjoy and appreciate the way you love me. And I will love you back being myself. Reaching out for support. It's something that I learned from Brené as well is if I have a hard time asking for support, somehow I have a hard time giving support. It goes together. So if I will be the one, the first one to offer you help, I want to know that I will be the first one to ask you for help. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I hope that people really listening right now really have taken that last tidbit in because it is the key, I think, to be able to attract in the types of love and friendship and support system that we all want mm. is by knowing, again, it starts with us. What are we putting out? Um, and so I appreciate you sharing, even I'm sure you've got so much more wisdom, but sharing some of your, um, your daring way knowledge. And I hope that people listening, if they have an opportunity to get to attend one of your workshops that they will, because I think this work is truly transformative, like you said. Yes. So thanks so much for being here Thank today. Thank you. Thank you.